Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of the full court press. It was the age of pack line defense. It was the epoch of offensive volume. It was the epoch of fundamental efficiency. It was the season of scoring. It was the season of help and recover brilliance. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. We were all going direct to the Final Four. We were all going direct to a first-round NCAA tournament upset. In short, the period was so far like the present period that some of the top college basketball teams insisted on maintaining their style, for wins or for losses, in the superlative degree of defiance only. There was Tony Bennett holding all opponents under 50% from the field on the throne of Virginia, and Randy Bennett of St. Mary's ranked fourth in adjusted offensive efficiency per Ken Palm. There was Matt Painter undefeated in the Big Ten, and Mike Krzyzewski on the throne in Duke with a nation-leading 90.3 points per game. In both styles, it was clearer than crystal to the fans of college basketball that things in general were more unsettled than ever before. Welcome to the Screen the Screener College Basketball Podcast with your hosts, Mike Randall and Gus Kearns. The year was 1775, and life in both France and England seemed to be split between the best of times and the worst of times. You see, the rulers, the kings, the leaders of both countries, well, they enjoyed the perfect life, riches beyond their wildest imagination. But at the same time, they were completely out of touch with the common man and the revolution that was about to begin. That opening line is from A Tale of Two Cities, Charles Dickens, one of his best novels. And it perfectly illustrates the 2017-2018 college basketball landscape. For what we have is really a paradox between two styles, a tale of two styles. You have the up-tempo, fast-break, volume-scoring teams. And then you have the common man, the defensive-minded, the slow-tempo teams. And you see, for years, especially since the rule changes that occurred in 2013 and 2015 in college basketball, the emphasis from above, from the rulers, has been on more scoring, more excitement. After all, college basketball is a business. We're selling entertainment. We're selling excitement. More scoring, more baskets, more dunk shots, as John Wooden used to say. But along those lines, nothing is more important and more entertaining than winning. And while those changes have occurred, if you're noticing this season, 
in a very, very unpredictable year. One of the most unpredictable we've had in quite some time. It seems that there's a revolution. It seems that there's an uprising. And it's coming from those defensive-minded teams who are finding just enough scoring to go with their foundational defense and to defeat the high-octane schools time and time again. So it leads us to the question of when the war comes, when the NCAA tournament comes, which style is going to win out? Are the up-tempo, fast-break, high-scoring teams going to find enough defense to get them to the Final Four? Or are those slow teams, slow-paced, defensive-minded, roll-up-your-sleeves, lock-down teams going to find enough offense to support their style? The French Revolution, the rulers versus the serfs, the up-tempo versus the slow-tempo. You see, if we go back to last year and use all the wonderful stats from Ken Palm, and I suggest you all take a look at KenPalm.com. Ken Pomeroy has been keeping his stats since 2000, breaking down teams on offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency. You see that the teams last year that went with the scoring but didn't have supporting defense didn't fare well in the NCAA tournament. Let's take a look at last season. The top team in adjusted offensive efficiency last year, Oklahoma State. Number one overall, according to Ken Palm. They were 20 and 12. They were a 10 seed going into the NCAA tournament. They played a tough game against a hot Michigan team and lost by one, 92-91 in round one. Where were they on defense last year? 155th in adjusted defensive efficiency. Another team, seventh, Wake Forest, the Demon Deacons. They were seventh in adjusted offensive efficiency, but only 176th in adjusted defensive efficiency. So what happened to Wake Forest? 19 and 14 last year, they were an 11 seed. They were in the playing game against another 11 seeded team, Kansas State, and they lost 95-88. The eighth best team last year, Marquette, offensive efficiency, eighth, adjusted defensive efficiency, 165th. They were a 10 seed, and they lost to seven seed in eventual Final Four team, South Carolina, 93-73. Wasn't close. The 19th best adjusted offensive efficiency team, UNC Wilmington, they were 29 and six. They were a 12 seed with a defensive rank of 193, and they lost a close opening round game to number five, Virginia, 76-71. They were hot. They got up early. But what happened? They came back down to earth when Virginia clamped down on defense. 21st team, Virginia Tech. They were 22-11. and 11. They were a nine seed, and they lost a close opening round game in that 8-9 game to Wisconsin, 84-74. Another high defense team. Virginia Tech's ranking, 156 on defensive efficiency. 27th, Top offensive team, Indiana. They were 18 and 16. They didn't even make the NCAA tournament. Why? Maybe because they're 104th ranked adjusted defensive efficiency. The 30th team, Syracuse, 19 and 15, did not make the tournament. Syracuse ranked 119th. And the 36th skilled offensive team from last season was Nevada, 28 and 7. They were a 12 seed and they lost to number five seed, Iowa State, 84 73. Their defensive rating? 101st. And look at the final four teams. Sure, you had a team like UNC, ninth in offense, 11th in defense, perfectly even, right? Oregon made a run, even without Chris Boucher, 17th in offense, 17th in defense. And I think Boucher would have improved both of them if he had played. Then you look at the other two final four teams, South Carolina and Gonzaga. Gonzaga was 16th, certainly a very skilled offensive team. They were number one last year in adjusted defensive efficiency. South Carolina's rankings in both only 91st on offense, but third in defense. So of the four teams that made the Final Four last year, their rankings defensively, 1st, 3rd, 11th, and 17th. 
offensively, 9th, 16th, 17th, and 91st. And if you go back to 2016, the same thing holds true. Let's just look at the final four teams from 2016. Villanova, 3rd on offense, 5th on defense. Excellent. Oklahoma, 16th on offense, 17th on defense. North Carolina, 1st on offense overall, 21st still on defense. And Syracuse, 50th in offense. 50th, but 18th in defense with that tough 2-3 zone. Which brings us to this season. Clearly, in order to make a run in the NCAA tournament, you have to have a high level of defensive efficiency. You can't come in and play poor defense. The numbers prove it out. So if you look at the top teams right now in offensive efficiency as per Kempom, there are some that are great. Villanova is number one, and they're 33rd on defense. No one here is going to argue that Villanova can win a national title. But when you're looking at your brackets and you're trying to figure out who could get upset, here's some things to think about. Fourth best team in offense in the country, St. Mary's Gales. They're 21-2. and two. They're undefeated in WCC. They're fourth overall in the Ken Palm ratings in offense. Defensively, they're 112th. So Jock Landell's been great. Calvin Hermanson was on fire, especially in Gonzaga. But if this tournament started tomorrow, I'd have St. Mary's going out early. Can't see a team ranked that poorly on defense making a run. And what's interesting is last season, St. Mary's defense was pretty good. 26th. They played some of the best defense they ever played last year. Problem was, couldn't get away from Gonzaga. Had a low seed. But it's interesting to note, they gave second seed at Arizona all they could handle last year. Some other teams. TCU. Fifth, as per Ken Palm on offense, 142nd on defense. Looking at those numbers, it's no wonder that they struggled. And the narrative there is going to be that Jalen Fisher, their point guard, is out now. Had a nice win tonight, Oak, Oak State. But here's the issue. Can they really make a run in the tournament when their defensive rank is 142? You heard all those teams I read off from 2017. Any of them make a deep run? Not really. Another one, Arizona State, eighth overall. Defensively, 125th. They can score. They can light it up. But if they're not going to stop anybody, they are primed for an early round exit. Marquette, to no one's surprise, they're 13 and 8. We know they are hot and cold, and they're very susceptible away from home. 138th on defense. 11th on offense. When you're filling out your brackets and you want that Cinderella, you want that giant killer. My partner Gus is going to be upset about this. Be careful of Vermont. Now, if they had Anthony Lamb, this rating would probably be better. It's gone downhill a little bit since. They're 20th overall in Kempom offense. Defense, 167th. Tough to be a giant killer when you're not going to have as much talent because you're not going to have as great a recruiting base as a large school and you're not playing defense. Virginia Tech, Buzz Williams, year four, doing a great job. Certainly. Big upset over North Carolina. 21st on offense, 101st on defense. Got to improve that defensive number, Buzz, if you're going to make some noise in that tournament. No wonder Arkansas at 15-6 and six has slipped a little bit. 23rd on offense, 110th on defense. Here's one for you. Very popular. Final four pick preseason, the USC Trojans. 17-6, and six, sort of righted the ship. You know what they haven't righted? Their 111th ranked defensive efficiency on Kempom. Also at West, UCLA, 132nd in defense. Mississippi playing Auburn tonight. 170th on defense. North Carolina State. Kevin Keats doing a nice job. 37th on offense, 131st on defense. Who did Kevin Keats coach last year? Do you remember? UNC Wilmington. Now let's look at the top defensive teams. And right off the page, if we believe the narrative that you have to be skilled on both offense and defense, I just look at this top 10 right here, and there's some teams that jump right off the page. You ready? Virginia. Go to short corner on Randall Rand. The brilliance of Virginia. Wrote about it. Just published it yesterday. Take a look at that. RandallRand.com. 
Virginia's first in defensive efficiency, and it's really not even close. 80.9, that's the lowest number since 2012 when Pomeroy stats started. Second, Cincinnati. Second on defense, 63rd on offense. They're getting better. They're going to be tested. But Mick Cronin's got it going there. And you may not think Cincinnati can make a deep run, but they improve that offense. They get a little bit better. They're very dangerous. Sort of the forgotten team, Texas Tech Red Raiders. The question is, will Zach Smith return? Well, when he does, and if he does, we certainly hope it. Texas Tech is 55th on offense, third on defense. You look at some other great defensive teams, Texas offense have really struggled, especially with the loss of Andrew Jones, finding the leukemia. Prayers and thoughts with him, of course. Texas A&M, been such a disappointment. Still sixth in defensive efficiency, but just a train wreck on offense and suspensions and injuries have derailed just one of the most disappointing teams in college basketball. Looky here. Gus will be happy. The Purdue Boilermakers, third on offense, eighth on defense. Right behind them, Michigan State Spartans. A lot of stuff going on in Michigan State. We talked about it on the last podcast. But statistically, 7th and ninth, they're right there. Another one that's sort of a surprise this year in the SEC, Tennessee, 27th on offense, 10th on defense. You looking for some mid-major schools that can pull big upsets? Look no further than Middle Tennessee. 91st on offense, but they have players that can score. Nick King, Giddy Potts, and 17th on defense. Boy, do they get after it. Ohio State. 22nd in both. They do it on both ends of the floor. Key debates D up right now. Big 10 player of the year. Michigan Wolverines. You know how much I like Michigan. 45th and 25th. Auburn. 30th overall in defense. 10th on offense. And that's the balance that you have to have. So as much as we've talked about how great offense is and how you need great offense, the defense still holds true. It is going to be hard. In the way college basketball is right now, For a team that doesn't play significant top-tier defense to make a run to the Final Four. As this last decade of basketball has progressed, we talked in the beginning of this about the rule changes. Freedom of motion, 2013, 2015. You know what happened? They made a couple changes. They started calling hand checks more, charge block, things like that. And the players adjusted. But in the end, it's a business. And you want scoring. You know what the problem with that is? The NCAA also wants money. The under 16, the under 12, the under 8, the under 4 timeout, halftime. Under 16, under 12, under 8, under 4 timeout, and all the other timeouts that the coaches get. It's impossible to get a consistent, fluid pace going because there are so many stoppages of play built in. So the game itself, by the nature of the way it's structured, is going to be restricted. And when you get into the tournament, as much as they want scoring, you know what happens in a big game. It slows down. How many games have you seen in the NCAA tournament between two really top teams, let's say an Elite Eight matchup, that's been massively high scoring on both ends? Very few. Because they get cautious. They slow it down. The possessions are fewer. The pressure is greater. And that's what happens. So coming into this season, I didn't think a Virginia could make a Final Four. They didn't have enough offense. I thought Cincinnati could. I talked about it. I also still think Wichita State's going to the Final Four. Right now, they're struggling. 75th on defense, 15th on offense, but that number's going to get better. McDuffie's back in the swing. He's starting to get more acclimated. Landry Shamit's been on a cold streak right now. They're going to get better, and their offense is better than it's ever been. So teams like Cincinnati, Virginia, Wichita State, those are the ones that are dangerous. And a team like Duke, who has so much talent, 
the freshman, Bagley, unbelievable. Duval, Gary Trent, Grayson Allen Sr., no bench points, and 50th in defensive efficiency. That's a problem. If this tournament started tomorrow, there is no way I'm putting Duke in the Final Four. And I think anybody who does is crazy. Four freshmen, starting lineup, no bench, no defense. Why are they making it? Everybody learns how to score. Xavier got hot last year with Trayvon Blewett. Sindarius Thornwell got hot for South Carolina. So it really is right now a tale of two styles in college basketball. We want the scoring. We want the up-tempo. It draws you in like a drug. Me too. But when you fill out your bracket and you start thinking about who can make a run in the NCAA tournament, they have to be able to play both. Two years ago, Villanova ranked third and fifth. Oklahoma, 16th, 17th. North Carolina, first and 21st. Syracuse, 50th on offense, 18th on defense. Last year, South Carolina, 91st on offense, third on defense. Gonzaga, 16 and one, the top adjusted defensive efficiency team in the country. Oregon, 17th and 17th. UNC, 9th and 11th. You know what that means, folks? In the last two years, no team has made the final four with worse than a 21st ranking in adjusted defensive efficiency. That's your surfs. That's your uprising. That's your revolution. So for all you rulers and all you kings who love offense, get up and down the floor, shoot it, score it. Doesn't matter. We're outscore the other teams. Take heed and take notice. Don't put those teams through. You're looking for vulnerable top seeds when you fill out your bracket. Take a look at their defense. You know why those eight, nine games are so dangerous? Because high scoring wins during the regular season. Up and down. Run them out of the gym. Not a lot of time to prepare, right? You play three games in a week. You play a press team, up and down team, you're going to be exhausted. But when it gets to the tournament and it gets to a half court game and it gets tight, you better be able to lock somebody down. North Carolina last year, they won it all. You know the toughest test before Gonzaga in the finals? Arkansas, round two. North Carolina was ninth in offensive efficiency. You know why they got through that game? Because they were 11th on defense. Arkansas gave them all they could handle. So take heed. All the rulers in France, all the rulers in England, 1755, sat there ignoring the revolution. Ah, defense. Who cares about defense? Doesn't matter. The uprising was coming. It's going to kick them out of the castle. And those top seeds that don't take heed and learn to lock down defensively and want to rely on their offense, you're going to lose. Duke losing to Virginia wasn't by accident. And if they played again in the tournament, they lose again. So be careful and take heed. It's a tale of two styles in the 2017-2018 college basketball season. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 